That's Retro Fandango. That's Retro Fandango. When it's Android over iPhone, and you can keep your stupid amiibo, and always bashing on Nintendo. But that's Retro Fandango. That's Retro Fandango. Thanks, Retro Fandango. Hello. Hello. That was that was more than ten minutes. That it was uh, thirteen minutes. Mm-hmm. I I forgot to put an ish at the end of my. I should have put ten minutes ish. Oh, technicality. Well, at least I'm all here. You're only uh, one third here. Say what? You're only one th- only one third of you is here. Oh, look at you kind of got like a Judge Dredd yeah. <laughs> look going on there with your cover. Yeah, we so no can see you on your on your camera. Yeah. Nothing like visual gags on an audio podcast. Hey. Yes. Whatever works. Hey, what class is the Enterprise C? Oh, I don't know. Original Enterprise is a Constitution class. Yep. Enterprise B is um, Excelsior. Excelsior class. D is a Galaxy. Yep. I can't remember C. I don't know. Or E, for that matter. Is e, e was sovereign. sovereign. Sovereign class. I don't know. I don't know what C is. That's a oh. good, good piece of trivia. <laughs> we're That's not gonna look this up now, are we? I I've been. You know how uh, many people I, just immediately shut this episode off of that question? No, like, this I just is heard that question. Like, ah, oh, this is a Star Trek one. I'm gone. I'm out of here. This is interesting. We only have 20 listeners. We lost about 14 <laughs> of them. There's only there's only six left now. Uh, ambassador class. Okay, there you go. Ambassador. The more you know. What do you, what do you think is the funniest looking enterprise? <clears throat> funniest looking? Like you mean odd? Yeah. Odd, yeah. Um can it can alternate universe can that can, does that count? Sure. The one that uh where it had like the third Nisal in the middle. Oh yeah, from all good things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I always thought that looked a little cheap. Well, like, it, it didn't make any sense. How do we change it up? Just throw another nacelle on there. Yeah, and that extra engine, I suppose, in theory, if you had um, like an engine failure in one, mm-hmm. then you'd have two, uh, like the, the other two would be your fallback, right? But the the whole idea of making a ship go to warp it only needs the two engines to warp the space around it mm-hmm. so having a third engine there wouldn't make it warp better hmm okay. yeah it, it seems like there's there's kind of a, a balance that they're achieving which yeah. is having a set number there was um what was picard's original ship because that had four Oh yeah, cells. Uh, Card's original ship was. Oh, I know this. I know this too. Um, the Stargazer. Yes. 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 No. No Google people. 
Uh, that was impressive. Yeah. You're right. The, well, see, that kind of yeah. makes sense. You need that uniformity to make the the warp thing go around the ship. Was was the stargazer? Was, I think this was before they had the concept of ships separating into multiple sections. Well, according to Star Trek lore, the the first Enterprise, the Enter, like Kirk's Enterprise, could well, true could true. separate, but it couldn't. Well, reattach. I mean, uh, separate, but also have uh, warp capability. Oh, I don't know. Like the two because, the two like, pieces like if they were to, to separate, then then uh, two like two nacelles would be on one section, oh, yeah. and then the other two nacelles would go with the other. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Maybe maybe that's it. I don't know. I really like when the ships separate, but like they usually talk about this stuff, but you never see it. Yeah. Well, that was the the why they did it in the pilot episode of next generation right because that was a thing that was like in theory the the original enterprise could do because kirk said it a couple of times mm-hmm. like oh we're losing uh, warp power the warp is going the so you'd like say prepare for emergency saucer separation mm-hmm. and so all the geeks out there were like what does that mean emergency saucer separation they never explained it on the show so yeah. that was like like the d the d was going to show you how it could separate and reattach, yeah. reattach itself right in the pilot. Nice. Yeah. And they they made full use of that a few times. They had like battles and everything. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah. Well, and then then it was in the movie too, right? It actually they actually separated it. Yes. Yeah. Warp. It was necessity. These yeah. cells exploded, and then it crashed into a planet, which is like a terrible. Like there is a lot wrong with generations. One of the worst things is the saucer section flying into that planet because it is all it's it's all practical which is nice but it is very cheesy cheesy done like you could tell that it's just some plot piece of plastic landing into a model scale of some sand and fake trees and that it looks really bad it's not it's not a well done practical effect well anytime that they separate the saucer and then have it crash into things I don't. I just. Oh no, they didn't. I'm thinking of um, Nemesis, but they didn't separate. They just crashed into the other ship. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was over ambitious. I think that hmm. that project. Well, wasn't very good. No. It would, yeah, it wasn't a very good movie. <clears throat> yeah, I think the uh, the sea looks a little odd to me. I mean, the Excelsior looks like a '70s cruise liner. Yeah. The uh, the Enterprise B, but the C with the it had the stubby little nacelles, but it still had the perfectly round saucer. Yeah. Whereas it, uh, the the Galaxy class had that really wide saucer. I mean that Enterprise C was only used in one episode. It was just featured in one, and then gone, one and yeah. done. So I don't know how much thought they actually put into the design of that thing. Right. They probably just put together pieces because it really. The body of it does look like the D. Yeah, it might have been even a rejected uh, prototype for the for the D. Like they probably had like several designs floating around. Possible, but still, even at that point, they were using physical models. They had to make the thing. So yeah, that's they true. They just had like little bits and pieces. Yeah, there wasn't much uh, CG in the way that because maybe they actually made a model for it for like a pro couple of prototypes, and they were just like, oh, we'll just make, yeah. make that one a thing. 
Because yeah, the next gen, I'm pretty. I don't think they used any CG for the ships, right? There was stuff for aliens and um, you know some uh, anomalies in space that were CG, but nothing. I don't. They never did a ship. No. Uh, DS9, I guess, was the first one, right? Yeah. Well, they they had physical models. It was a, uh, it was a mixture. Yeah. Uh, like they had the Defiant, but they also used a CG1N. I've seen it pointed out where there are discrepancies yeah, between they're different. The, the CG model and the, the physical model. Yeah, for some reason. It doesn't make any mm. sense. I don't know. Yeah. But it's cool. All right. They uh, had a big auction, maybe close to 10 years ago now, where they sold off all the uh, the Star Trek stuff. All the ships and costumes and, and all that. Paramount did? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's fun to watch if you, you watch any uh, documentation on that. Um, I'll say the the biggest prize was the Enterprise D. That was the final item, and that went for a ton of money. I can imagine. They only had the one uh, model for that? Um, I, I They usually have like two or three different shooting ones. They'll have like a larger one and then a couple of smaller ones. Yeah. Um, I, I believe it was like the big uh, premiere model that went, um, but they sold like just about everything old, like original series costumes and Picard's flute and all that stuff. <laughs> oh man, well, need that. Did uh, you remember that episode of Reading Rainbow where LeVar Burton took uh, took you behind the scenes of an episode of yeah, Star Trek? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They showed some bloopers and things, yeah. Well, even like how they did a lot of the effects, like the um, the beaming in and out was uh, was glitter put into a glitter glass, in a of, glass water, of water, and they yeah. they'd stir it up, and then they superimpose that. They would turn, flip it on its side, ninety degree angle, and superimpose that over the actor. Mm. It's crazy. Just a glass of water with glitter in it. Uh, yeah. And then I liked how they showed like how the the cameras were so sophisticated in the late 80s that they could actually get them to move uh through the model of the enterprise so they wouldn't mm. actually have to move like the the old school way to do it is have your camera in one spot on a tripod and then you move the ship across you know in front of the camera and that was like mm. that's what the ship moving now in the 80s they got so sophisticated where the camera would actually move instead of the ship so that's where they could get that angle where you'd go like right beside the the uh, the neck, right right into the knee cells because the camera would go right in there. Yeah, yeah. And, and, they, um, and well, the ship down. was massive, you know. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's as long as a person, right? And they had it flipped upside down because yeah. it was so top heavy, so everything had to be inverted. It's pretty cool. I love watching that stuff. Yeah, it was a good episode. Mm. All right, are you, you done now? Do you know why Reading Rainbow got canceled? No, no tell me why. Because um, PBS was like reevaluating um, their educational programming. Yeah. And uh, Reading Rainbow was basically intended for kids who knew how to read. But then PBS was thinking, well, we're not actually teaching the kids how to read. Hmm. So they wanted to focus on programming that would like teach them a skill rather than just have them practice a skill that's no good yeah that was bs that was a great show yeah i saw lavar burton a couple of years ago he was trying some twitter campaign to get the show back on air yeah 
Mm-hmm. And then uh, it turned out that they were going to bring it back on air, but it wasn't going to be the same. I can't remember what the difference was. Well, and they're going to I think it kind of lost rock them. music and who uh, knows. Uh, who knows, but there was a lot of good recommendations in that. That it goes to encourage you to keep reading. You have to keep reading. Yep. It's one thing to learn. Anyone can learn how to read. It's right, to keep reading. Right. That's the thing. To enjoy it and to, to find some entertainment out of it. That's right. And go behind the scenes of Star Trek and into cheese factories and stuff. Well, and then when you run out of Star Trek episodes, you can go read the books and keep, mm. keep some Star Trek happening in your life, even though the books True aren't that. very good. Uh, okay, let me do some house cleaning. Quick save club, playing Minecraft still. Still good times. Uh, we're trying to get together to go fight the dragon at some point. So if you There's want a dragon, that, yeah, that's, I guess that's the, the game end. There's a nether world. You build a portal out of a stone that you mix together with water and lava and you build a portal with this stone and then you can go through this portal and that takes you to the nether world and you can get together with your friends and you can go slay a dragon in the nether world. And that's like kind of the game's end so okay, think, okay, slow slow down there. How do you fig how do you figure this out? Like is is there a guide in the game that's no, you, 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 you go online. <laughs> you go online you, and figure it out. Uh like so, so somebody just puts in around, figures, all right, I'm gonna mix this water with this lava and then arranges it in just the right way to create a portal. I think it's it, done like from well, like all people who have been playing the game since day one, and as they add updates to the game, right? Like all these people go through all the updates and are like, "Oh, what's this?" And then they figure they figure it out. So basically, like when I go in to look at how to build something, right? Um, I can't remember what it was I tried to build. Oh, I was um, I think it was books. I think I was I could I saw that you could build uh, libraries, books, and then so there was a certain things that you could do to build to make a, a library, and then it was like. Okay, if you wanted to continue on, uh, you need to get, uh, it was kind of like, a, it was a book of spells or an enchantment book or whatever. Uh, how do I do that? Well, you need to go to the netherworld and get this the, this item. Or even just like, what's get this item and, to, and where, does, where do I find this item? Well, you find it in the netherworld. Well, how the hell do I get there? So then you look up how do you get there. Oh, I got to build all this stuff. Lava, stone. All right. How do I get, how do I get this stuff? Uh, well, you can, you can make make it you can make this lava stone but in order to harvest it you need a, an axe uh, made out of diamond well how do i get a diamond axe well you need to drill all the way down to the bottom basically to the bedrock and you need to go and look for it. look for it and if you want to mine it you need a pickaxe made out of iron and so that's basically how the game just keeps going and going it's like going down a rabbit hole until you figure out and then you just start learning all this stuff right you just start you already have like eventually you already have a diamond axe right so you're like okay i know how to do this and know how to do that or whatever you know That's- so so basically you just need to look everything up yeah pretty much so you you can't if you just started the game you'd have no idea what to do no and that's that's like one of the biggest uh complaints about the game really the only complaint is that you need a wiki it has gotten better um like for instance like it, you had no direction on how to build anything now at least um, you can in when you open up uh, you, you build a crafting table and when you open up the crafting table it will now give you um, like you could type something in or or 
even um, like, yeah, like say you're like looking up something like, how do I make that? You can go into the crafting table and you can type it in and it'll give you everything you need in the recipe and how to lay it out and how to make it, which is completely new from when I was playing the game way back when. But that, yeah, that's really the only complaint about the game is that you need to be online <laughs> to figure, to find mm. out all this stuff. It's still fun though. It's like, you know, getting a new set of instructions for your Lego. Hey, you built this thing one way. Well, guess what? Now you can try this out and you can try that. And they're constantly adding stuff all the time to the game. Yeah. It seems weird. It just seems like you can either play it where every single thing is a secret and you have absolutely no idea what to do. I don't think it'd or, be possible. Or you or you look it up. You look up everything. I don't think it would be possible. Like you just I mean you could it would take you forever, I think. It would just take you forever Probably, to do it that yeah. way. And there would be stuff that you would miss out on that you wouldn't like there's still tons of stuff that I have no idea like you know, like I, I'm looking at um, Josh's girlfriend there. She's, or fiance, I guess. Uh, she's uh, building, uh, like, she built this RV and she's got, like, tons of stuff, like, just stuff I've never seen before in the game. And I have no idea how she built any of it, but, you know, she's been playing it since she was a kid, right? So she she has all the know how. But even, like, um, for instance, like, I built that, uh, that chicken, uh, that machine that cooks the chicken for you. You don't have to do it. So you always have food. And every time it kills a chicken, it gives you a complete, completely cooked chicken that you can eat. And one of the byproducts is feathers. And I'm like, what do I do with these feathers? So you can actually, you go look up and say, what, what can I build? What can I make with these feathers? Because now i got all these feathers. And that's how you kind of discover like new new things through through that. Or you'll go up oh, to... You're not, you're not discovering. You're looking up. <laughs> What well, other people do. I mean, that's how you find program. out. You find out information. Actually, probably it teaches kids how to search for things online, right? To not be so uh, stupid. Sure. Right. Go look sure. it up online. Figure it out. You know. So I don't know. I think it's good. I think it's a wonderful game. Hmm. Um, and I, I don't. I don't see that as really as a negative. It'd be nice if all the stuff was in the game and you didn't have to. But I mean, get yourself a second screen. Put some. <laughs> put put a wiki up there. <laughs> that's oh. all you need. Uh, Cartridge Club playing uh, StarCraft. That's pretty much the only game I've played uh, this week. Uh, I'm stuck on the last uh, level of the Terran campaign. I'm still struggling to get through that. Uh, hope to get through it uh, sometime next week. Uh, it seems like every time I try something different, something else cock blocks me before I get, can get to the end. There's like, I don't know if you, um, when you played uh, RTS, but one of my pet peeves in those games is when it pits you against two different enemies on the map and the mm-hmm. enemies won't fight each other they'll both just pick on you mm. and that's what i'm struggling with uh with this like i'll start knocking down on one enemy and then the other one starts attacking my base so i have to go back to my base and, and save everything and get everything all built up again okay and then i go and attack the other enemy and then the other guy comes in ah, ah man and the uh the, the 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 ai is pretty clever too like it knows what you're lacking in like if you don't have enough uh surface to air protection it'll start attacking you from the air if you don't have um something that can detect uh, cloaking uh covert op like they're they're like these little guys that'll come in and they'll they can cloak themselves and if you don't have enough protection of that they'll just send in a bunch of those that will actually freeze your your mechanical machines in place where they can't move for like I don't know, two or three minutes. And even though they have like a small gun that takes forever for it to take, like if you don't like find a way to get rid of him, 
or build something to get rid of him, it'll wipe out, start wiping out your, uh, your ships and that. So it's getting complicated. It's getting mm. tough. But it's still a lot of fun. Having fun. Uh, CC Portable is still playing Nano Stray 2. So get on board with that. The shmup. Vox's favorite word. That's a... That's a um, shmup. No, uh, what, what system is that on? 3DS? DS. DS. Plain old DS, I believe. One and two. Well, I, I do have a DS. Somewhere. There you go. I don't have any games for it, though. Well, get the Nano Stray 2. Apparently it's not that expensive. So you could be part of the portable, CC portable. Uh, RF Gen is still playing Saints Row 3. I, have a, I still haven't gotten around to playing that, but I, sh- I should go over to their forum and give, give them my thoughts because they need to know my thoughts on that game. Mm-hmm. And I want to direct everybody to uh, our friend Boner. Boner. He has got a new video out, a new episode of Stuck in the 80s is out, and it's all about GoBots. Gotcha. Yeah. What did what did you call them? What was your weird name for them? Oh, uh, Byway Transformers. Was was that the real name, or is that? That's what we called them when we were kids. The Byway Transformers. The Byway Transformers. Right. Byway was like a cheap, uh, you know, knockoff store, like uh, the dollar okay. store or something like that, right? I got you. So you could find these cobots at the Byway because they were so cheap. You go to the Byway and like mm. oh. Get me a GoBot, Mom. Mom would never get Did, me a GoBot. I'd never had one. Honestly. You never had any GoBots? No. Other kids. I did. had one, and I think I got it uh, trading with another kid. Uh, I had the the leader, Leader 1. Yeah, that's the one yeah. I wanted. Yeah. I wanted Leader 1 and Psykill. Was that the uh, the motorcycle yeah. leader bad guy? Yeah. yeah. I, never, I never watched that cartoon. I don't know much about it. Um, but all I know is leader one and Psykill, and there was like a red car that I think was a good guy. Yeah, had a really funny voice. I think. Um, not the one that Duke pointed out in the video. Uh-huh. There was like another one who okay. looked a little cooler, but no, nah, I I don't remember much. And the leader one I had wasn't even like the original one. Like he was gray, but I think the one I had was blue. Oh. Maybe maybe it was a different GoBot. Yeah, I think there was two, like a different ship. Like that was that would have been his buddy. I don't think it was Leader One. I don't know. Yeah. No, I didn't have that many Transformers either. I think yeah. I only had about like half a dozen or so. Yeah, I had about the same. And it was my cousin who had a ton of them. And we would actually like you know those Transformers that you could put together, and they would make one big robot. Gestalt Transformers. Sure. Um, he. <laughs> Gestalt. Is that what, seriously what they were called? I believe they referred to them. Well, not in the show, but oh. I think people have referred to them as that. But, you know, your um, combination yeah. team, you know, robots. So he had the one that he had like a like three of the ones that were the uh, construction ones, like the crane. Constructicons. And, yeah. And dump truck. And I had one. Else. I had Mixmaster. He was one of the legs. Yeah, the the dump truck, right? Or not the uh, no 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 cement the truck. cement mixer, right, right. Yeah. And then I had a couple from some other one. It was red. I I don't know. I can't remember what it was, but uh, you could still like the pieces would still fit together. So, oh, so you could mix like yeah. Autobots and Decepticons. Yeah. And so we had like a big hybrid. 
we connected our our transformers combined to make one big uh, big one. It was like Frankenstein together from like two or three different uh, transformer sets. It worked. Mm. So we had our own go. robot, our very own. There was a a post on Twitter a few days ago. Uh, somebody was posting pictures of Toys R Us from the 1980s, and they showed like the Transformers aisle and the GI Joe aisle and uh, He Man and all that. And it, it's something like, you know, where would you spend your money? And I was thinking about that for a minute. Like, if I could go back in time and, and amass a collection of one of those things, I probably would not buy too many Transformers or GI Joes. I think I'd go for He Man. Yeah, me too. The the packaging looked really cool and just I don't know, the characters just look more exciting. Yeah. That's my one complaint about Transformers, if people like the show and all that, fine, but the the toys just stand there. You know, they're just straight up and down. Yeah. I I don't know. You can't really play with them. They're very fragile too because of all the connecting joints and all that. I think the only like metal transformer i had was jazz and i remember him snapping in half at the waist and then after that i had like all these cheaper plastic transformers didn't curtis do that to uh nes complexes transformer oh yeah sure he walked jazz. into his house he's like oh you like this yeah huh? you like this he just and broke he just it over his knee right too. something like that uh-huh. yeah never even replaced it too no oh, what a guy nice nice guy that curtis by the way check out the latest uh his latest pickup video on uh, girlfriend versus. He picks up stuff. <laughs> That's a plug for you, Curtis. Let me get that here. Uh, no, I didn't have I didn't have any GoBots because I was like um, I could only pick like one thing to be into. My mom would get upset with me if I wanted too many things from different franchises. She had that mm. she had a weird thing, so I could, I had to focus on one thing. So my one thing was He-Man, and then uh, Ghostbusters, and then for a little while Mask, and then I wasn't allowed to buy mm-hmm. toys anymore after that because I was I was <laughs> too old. Uh, you're like this terrible ADD child who just wanted more than more than. What oh yeah, you I wanted everything. I would circle everything in the uh, in the uh, magazine in the Sears catalog. Yeah, I want this. I want that. I want this. But dad would be like, how much does this cost? Mm. And I'd be like, well, it's $30. Dad's like, $30? You know what I can do with $30? I don't know, Dad. (laughs) (laughs) So upset over Uh, $30. All right, sorry I I, asked. I definitely had um, more Ninja Turtles than anything else. Um, But yeah, in retrospect, the the He-Man would have been the cooler one to go with. Yeah, absolutely. I, I get that itching once in a while like somebody will do something on he-man or something i'm like oh man get back into that nope i can't do it just can't no. do it because i with the he-man i would want them like i would want them perfect i would have like that like i want all the weapons and nice and clean and all that stuff I forget it that's just too it's just too much money no i i think it was uh derek who said it a while back of when he buys stuff like that he he gets one representative of each franchise. So you don't go nuts and get the whole collection. You just get like, uh, you know, here's Optimus Prime. Okay, yeah. Here's He-Man. Yeah. And, you know, you just have your little selection there. Yeah. But it's so hard to keep that in check. <laughs> it would be for me, man. <laughs> it's a slow I even man. I had the, 
When I was younger, He-Man was definitely the thing because I had the He-Man big wheel. Oh yeah. I had He-Man roller skates, and the the wheels had like little sparkles in them. Um, and then I had a, a bunch of the figures. I had Snake Mountain. Um, yeah, and then uh, well, that was 1984. He-Man was out. Yeah, it was big around then. Yeah, and then uh, you know that kind of faded out, and then I went. I had some GI Joes, had some Transformers, and then Ninja Turtles came out, and that became the thing. That was it. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to have a big wheel either. My no. parents were against big wheels. No, you're gonna Probably grow out of that they're... too soon. You got you get a proper bike when you're when you're uh, the right age. <laughs> they had rules about everything. It was so ridiculous. Everyone oh, was just man. running around in their big wheels, having fun, and I was like, no, I can't have one because I'm gonna grow out of it eventually. <laughs> like <laughs> such a pill those people uh, uh, I, I wish there was some uh, video or audio at least of your childhood uh, I'm happy there isn't I'm happy there isn't alright you gotta get your sister on the show someday cause I bet you guys can oh. uh, come up with some great stories oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah that would be good times she's way too busy though She's got a real she life. Like, she's got a real life? Yeah. I mean, she, she runs around a, her basement. She runs a nuclear facility. Not like Homer Simpson. You know, she actually runs it. She actually tells Homer oh. Simpson what to do. And she has two kids. And, you know, she's looking after my mom, basically, who moved out there. So. Oh, like, like a real person. Yeah. Like she's adult. like an adult, you know? Hmm. Doing stuff. She. I know. I can't imagine it. I, I don't know how she does it. Maybe she was paying attention when your parents were giving her the life lessons. You know, they they let her do whatever the hell she wants. If you weren't if you weren't dreaming about big wheels all the time, you could be running a nuclear facility. All these rules were only for me. Let me tell you, she could do whatever she wanted. <laughs> well, they saw potential in her. Exactly. Yeah. No kidding. There was only one favorite in our in our house. Whatever she wanted to do. Sure, go ahead, do that. I'm like, really? What the? Okay. Who's older, you or her? Oh, me. Oh, okay. So, yeah, they they knew that, you know, they screwed up. Oh, yeah, it was like... Second shot? Oh, home run. Yeah, it's like the second wife, right? You always always treat the second wife better. The second sibling. Always gets treated better. Hey, would you like an update on my car? Uh, is this your real car or the model My, car? No, the real car. That's right. I forgot uh, to f- post nah. some photos. Oh, okay. Well, you're not interested. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, what's going on with your car? Well, at last, uh, when I, I last uh, left you with it, uh, the uh, air conditioning compressor was uh, making noise. And did I tell you that I was looking at the, the pistons? And Did I mention that? I can't remember. Okay, so the car's making a noise, right? And Piston there's, Honda. I know that one. Piston Honda, that's right. And uh, there was this gas smell in in the car. I could smell oh, right. gas, yes, right? Yes. So I looked it up online, and it said it's possible. It's a, it's a piston thing. I'm like, great. So uh, I talked it over with Sarah on, like, the weekend. I was like, you know what? Screw this car. I just don't care anymore. I just, like, let it die. I, I just don't I, I, I don't want to put any more money into it. I'm, I'm so fed up with it. Um, unfortunately, I still need it. Like, I still need a vehicle right mm, yeah it helps so on monday morning i get up and uh i start going to work and the engine light starts blinking at me 
and the car won't get out of second gear or out of first gear. Sorry. It was like revving like really hard just to get to like 25 kilometers an hour. Uh, oh man, this, this is not good. So I wheel around, uh, I come back home right away. Thankfully I was just around the corner and, uh, you know, I tell work, I'm not coming in. My, my car's uh, messed up. I have to, I have to look after it. So nothing in uh, my hometown here, Stouffville, is open until eight o'clock, and this is seven o'clock in the morning. So I have to I have to wait. So meanwhile, I'm looking up online and I'm looking more into this piston thing, and they're saying like uh, it could be that the piston coils have uh, worn out on it, and they need to be replaced. And I I look at this at this thing, and like the engine is the wrong way so I can't access the pistons I have to take off a bunch of molding first you have to take off the windshield wipers then you take off a bunch of molding and that gets you to like the metal cover that covers over the engine and then there's mm. it's like a dozen bolts to get out there and like three of them are all different sizes and you need extenders and all that to get to this so I can't fix it myself I can't do this myself so uh, I wait till eight o'clock and I go I circle around to my uh, local mechanic. I'm not taking it back to Canadian Tire because screw those guys. And uh, the mechanic that's around the corner here, still closed. Like they're supposed to open at eight. I I don't see anyone in there. It's all dark. So I come back. I'm like, okay, well maybe they're, um, you know, not nobody's there yet, or somebody's late, or whatever. And I'll check back in in a little bit. Meanwhile, the car's just barely making it to point A to point B. Uh, so then when I got into it the second time, it actually started to run okay. The engine light was still on, but it wasn't blinking anymore. And I was it was actually able to shift a gear. So I'm like, okay, cool. So this was about uh, 8.30, and I circled back to the to this place. Still nothing. Still nobody there. Nothing there. I'm like, oh, man. So then I checked. Uh, there was another garage across the street. Checked there. They're supposed to be open at 8. Nobody there. Like, what is going on? So uh, I... I I stop my car and I start checking on my phone and the dealership's open at 9, 9 a.m. Uh, I'm like, okay, maybe I should just wait and maybe I'll take it to, to the dealership. So I just wait a few minutes. I circle back to the first place. Now the uh, there was one bay door. They have three bay doors out there and one of them's open, but it's, it's completely dark inside. I'm like, screw this. I'm just going to take it to the dealership. I don't care. I know I'm going to have to pay an arm and a leg, but at least there'll be somebody there. And there was a for lease sign on the on part of the building. It's kind of a weird combo building or whatever. And I couldn't tell if that for lease sign was for this place or not, whatever. I don't know. I drove by it today, and it was all open at, like, 2.30 in the afternoon. So I guess they're still in business, but they're a little slow to get there in the morning or something, even though they're supposed to be open at 8. So I get to the dealership, 9 a.m. Uh, I tell the guy, you know, uh, I think there's something wrong with the pistons. Um you know, it's making this noise. It smells of gas inside the car. He's like, okay, um, we're going to have to charge you $124 just to look at it. <laughs> like, look, I'm telling you what's wrong with it. No, uh, we got to do our own assessment. It's going to be $124 to look at it. I'm like, all right, I don't have, I can't, I'm in a position where I just can't argue. Fine. $124 to look at it. Um, but it was nice. They actually, they gave, they, uh, they're like, okay, well, it's going to take us a while to, to uh, look at this. We're going to, we'll have to give you a ride home. So I'm like, fine. So they gave me a nice little shuttle ride home. And uh, then they called me about an hour and a half later. Um, yeah, so it looks like one of the pistons went. I'm like, yeah, that's what I was telling you. Mm-hmm. It was the, the piston coil that went, and then the spark plug came loose. 
I'm like, okay. Uh, he's like, well, we can fix the one or we can replace all four. Uh, that we recommend at 160,000 kilometers, that you re- that's when you replace all of them. And you're already out uh, 156. I'm like, you know what? I'm not coming back three more times. Just replace all of them. So it caught. It ended up costing eight hundred and eighty-four dollars. But Ew. but the car runs beautifully. It runs mm. fine. It's great. I'm I'm happy with it. The engine's working. But that goddamn Canadian tire. They told they completely misdiagnosed it. They told me that it was the air conditioning compressor that was making the noise in it, and they were going to charge me fourteen hundred dollars to fix it. So they were going to mm. charge me fourteen hundred dollars. I would have driven away there, and the car would have still been making a noise. I still not. I would have, and and it, and it would have broken down like a few days later. <laughs> Screw that. So, I'm not. I'm not going back there again. I'm done with those guys. They had been good to me in the past. They've always been really good. But I, I th- since they moved from locations, they used to be like this small little Canadian tire, and then they moved to this big. You know, everything's big now, and they got like you know six uh, bays instead of in the old place. They only had two or whatever. So. I don't know. I think I got like the F team, not the not the B team or the C team. It was all the way down to the F team, like the FU team. And they did shit, shit job. So that's it, done. But now my car rents nice. Yeah. Well, that's it's nice. like finding a doctor that you can trust. Yeah, I guess you gotta so. have a mechanic you can trust. You gotta have people that are gonna take the time to talk to you and charge you one hundred twenty-four dollars. Twenty-four dollars to talk to you. <laughs> But at least they diagnosed it right and they fixed it right, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it sucks. It was $884, but it's running well. So, mm. and, you know, the car really doesn't don't live closer to John Payne. Yeah, that'd be nice. Mm. Um, but it, you know, and the car, like, I, for the amount I spent on it, I, I didn't pay that much for it. So I figured it out, like, really with the maintenance and everything. It's only, it, I've had it for, uh, 2013 i bought it so nine, i had it for six years and um i figured out it only cost me around two grand a year mm. including you know the purchase price your oil changes and then i had a second set of tires on it uh i had the brakes done on it that was and that's pretty much it so if it keeps going that numbers keeps keeps going down and down and down you know for every year you have the car so until it starts Breaking down, I'm just gonna stick with it. What does it What does it cost for inspection? What do you mean inspection? Like, uh, like uh, you got to get your car inspected every couple of every year or so, right? No, no, no. I must be a job. Make sure, thing. like, really, you don't have to get your car inspected. No, and... nope. Really? Not unless you're you're selling it and you want it certified by a mechanic. And you get the little sticker in your window. It says, "Hey, it's been checked. Everything's nope. running okay." Nope. No, there really? there was uh, for the longest time for about the past decade, maybe fifteen years, maybe twenty years. It's actually been quite a while. Uh, well, in Southern Ontario, they started before Northern Ontario. They had the Drive Clean program, where they would run a diagnostic on your car to make sure that the emissions were okay. But that's all they checked were the emissions out of the car. They didn't check like anything else, like your steering or anything like that. Uh, and then they just recently, the uh, provincial government finally got rid of it because it was just a. Uh, first, it was like it cost you 
I can't remember if it was somewhere around 50 bucks to get this drive clean service done. And then mm-hmm. the government, like it was so unpopular and people were, you know, rightfully pissed off at this thing because it was basically a money grab. Uh, I can understand like taking really old vehicles in, like something that is over 10 years old and having to get that checked. But they were like, it was something like a five-year-old vehicle. There's no way a five-year-old vehicle is going to have emissions problems, uh, you know, where it's so bad, where it's polluting so much. Um, so they got, they finally, they were offering it for free, uh, which was kind of like the halfway point. And then they finally just got rid of it. So we don't have to do that anymore. Huh? Yeah. But we don't need that's to, insane. Yeah, we well, money grab is right. Cause, uh, I remember getting my car inspected in the U S and what I looked up here real quickly is that, uh, every three years for new cars and then every two years, um, so this is in the states in Jersey. In the states, uh, I don't know if it's Jersey, but uh, in the states, I, I really don't remember the policy. It's been so long, but I'm seeing some prices here, and everything is you know under fifty bucks. Um, here in Japan, you got to get your car inspected every year, and the cost is approximately seven hundred bucks. What? Yeah, that's ridiculous. Is extremely ridiculous. For but what? You What's the done? You can't drive. They they check the cars, make sure everything's operating all right. And then if it isn't, if they find stuff wrong, they and then uh, yeah. uh, they're going to charge me one hundred twenty four dollars just to look at it. What the? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's well, they already insane. inspected it for seven hundred dollars. You know what's wrong with it? Yeah, I don't know, but we're due, so uh, I got to take care of that at the end of this month. That is insane. Oh my there would be yeah. riots in the streets here. Oh man. Seven hundred dollars. No one would be able to afford a car. Wow. Tell me about it. That's ridiculous. No, thankfully we don't have that. Uh, you get all the brakes. I mean Canada. you should do a lot of uh regular maintenance to it, like with your fluids and all that stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, I agree. But uh the prices, come on. Hmm. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That Seven hundred, man. Uh, so what? What is this? Uh, late night. I still. I'm, I gotta get off the seven hundred. I gotta calm down after that. My heart skipped a couple beats. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, late night with uh, buried on Mars last night. Uh, we had uh, guests uh, Sarka Sim, uh, STC Pond. A uh, special appearance by Mike Smith from the uh, Trailer Park Boys. Bubbles. Yeah. And uh, musical performances were by Olivia Jean and uh, the Rancon Tours. It was a good episode. I had, a, I had to look them up. The Rancon Tours? That's Jack White's uh, uh, band. Olivia Jean and the the raccoon thing. Rancon Tours. I didn't know who Rack- Olivia Jean Tours. was either until last night. She opened for the Rancon Tours. No, we went to a show. We went to a concert last night. Oh, a musical okay. concert downtown. So it was Bill, Sarah, and myself. Um, Bill drove down there. Very nice of him. And uh, we got there early. The doors opened at 7, and we were there at 7 o'clock. So we didn't want to go in and sit there for an hour. We were in assigned seating. We weren't in general admission. So there wasn't any point in going in too early, considering the opening act wasn't going to start until 8 o'clock. So we decided to walk across the street to a place called France, which I had never heard of before, but apparently it's a big chain in Toronto where they sell or have a big, huge menu and they serve tons and tons of different um, 
types of food. Uh, but their most popular stuff is breakfast. That's like their big mm. thing. Um, but Sarah and I, we had uh, we just had a sandwich for supper because pretty much Sarah came home and we had to go meet Bill. Um, so we just had like a little sandwich. So we just nibbled on some uh, nachos while we were there. And we each got you a, guys love the nachos. We like to try, like to try the nachos. Check check them out. See what's going on. Plus, it's a thing that we can share, you know. So, hmm. uh, and they're filling, you know. So it's not the best for you, but if you stay away from the sour cream and just stick to the salsa, it's a little better for you. Um, and then we tried some apple ciders. Uh, they served them in. Uh, it was good, good apple cider, but they served them in those jars. Have you ever oh had, yeah i don't well, i, I don't know why see people go that. nuts about that it's i like, hate it oh if, if you're not drinking out of a mason jar you're not drinking no like, that's no good i, I don't get it <laughs> i like I, i'm trying to drink it and sip on it and like my lip can't get around the thing because there's just stupid ridges in there you know so a little bit of liquid spills out i don't like it i don't like to, i don't i don't like drinking out of jars um at least give me a straw, I guess. But you don't want to have would apple you, cider with a straw, so I, I don't would know. Would you rather drink out of a mason jar or one of those squared glasses from uh, Ten oh, Forward? I hate those square. I, we, I, somebody I know had square glasses. I don't think they were from Ten Forward, but I didn't like those either. But I would rather do the square glasses. I could get my mm-hmm. lips around a square glass, not a mason jar. You, you look like you would enjoy one of those Wreck the Geno mugs. Yeah, those were kind of cool. They were nice. But I don't like, um, I prefer to have a plain cup, an open round cup. It's easier mm-hmm. to get the liquid in my mouth. But That's why I'm, cups have been designed that way. Yeah. You know, since the dawn of time. Uh, but when I'm in the car, I'll use the uh, Cotigo, which is like, you know, you push it a little button and it lets the liquid out. Uh, but I, I don't like it as much. It's just a plain cup because it takes forever to get liquid in my mouth. You got to sit there and it's like you got to suck on it like a little baby. <laughs> suck it on a nipple. Uh, anyways, uh, while we were sitting there, um, mm-hmm. these weird, different looking people, people who looked much cooler than, than uh, us or myself anyways. I'm not going to speak for Sarah, Bill. But they had like, you know, one guy had the dreadlocks and the sunglasses and, a, and a, one of those, not a cowboy hat, but like one of those leather hats with the brim all the way around fedora sort of a fedora but it's leather and it i don't know sits differently and the other guy was like you know sides of his head shaved and you know it looked like a cool like they looked like they were in a rock band or whatever and they mm-hmm. come up to the table beside us and they start talking to the people beside us or whatever and uh you know they're hand, hand, you know handing cards over to each other like uh, business cards or something and whatever and i'm like oh, i don't know maybe that Maybe they're important or something. Maybe they're they might be the opening act or whatever. And from the angle that I was sitting at, I couldn't see who was at the table beside us. But apparently, the person beside us was Mike Smith. Bubbles. Really? He was sitting there with uh, two la- two of his lady friends. Oh. But my back was kind of turned to him. So I was sitting there, and uh, Sarah's beside me, and Bill's there. So Bill got a good look. He could tell who what was going on over there, but he didn't want to say, "Hey, look, it's Mike Smith." So Sarah says, "Is that?" is that Mike Smith over there? And I'm like, nah, it can't be. So I do, I, I just listen. I listen for the voice, right? Because I kind of did like a, out of the corner of my eye kind of thing. I'm like, nah, I couldn't be. But then I just listened. And he was talking, the two girls were talking and he finally said something. And right away, I'm like, oh, that's the voice. So then I did a good look and I'm like, oh yeah, that's him. 
So I just sat there. I didn't know what to do. I couldn't, I never know what to say to these people. You know, I, we get famous people all the time in at work and I see them in the hallway and that, and I'm, I'm kind of trained not to bother them. You're, you're not supposed to approach them. They're there to do something and they're not there to like sign autographs and have people, you know, all over them. So I kind of like, I don't really get excited anyways when I see them, you know, half the time I don't even know who the hell they are. Um, like I know all the old people are like Ann Murray. She was there and like, Oh look, it's Ann Murray. You know, but the only person I did say something to was, I, you probably don't know him, but Mike Holmes, who was, was big in Canada for a while. I, I suppose he still is. He had a home, uh, a show on home and garden, uh, where like he would like rebuild houses and that, mm-hmm. uh, renovate houses and do things the right way, the Mike Holmes way. And, uh, I guess, uh, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie uh, got wind of his show or started watching his show, and they actually got him to come down to uh, New Orleans when they were rebuilding New Orleans and got him to do a bunch of charity work down there. So that's pretty much his claim to fame. So that was the only guy I've ever approached at work just because I kind of bumped into him in the washroom and he startled me. I was I was leaving the washroom and he was coming in. And I was like, oh, it's Mike Holmes. I said, I like your show. <laughs> he was like, oh, thanks. And then he proceeded. Were to you already zipped up when you went over to him? I, or I was you... zipped up and I washed my hands, of course. Okay. And I was walking out of the washroom, but he kind of startled me. So you didn't turn towards him from the urinal. No, I didn't like circle back into the washroom and sit, stay beside him and you know talk him up about you know mm. fixing homes and all that stuff. I just said I okay. like your show. So that was it. You don't but, have to be uh, worried about staring at people in the diner because, you know, that's that's basically the life they've chosen. So you go ahead and stare at them. No, like I, I don't. Sort of a uh, circus animal. No, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to turn yeah. into an episode of the Trailer Park Boys, you know. <laughs> so, no, I didn't want I just uh, I just left them alone. He was he was paying his bill anyways. He was kind of on the way out. Bill said something to him uh, after the guys dropped off their cards. I guess they were a band from Argentina or something like that. And uh, Bill's like, yeah, so you're really going to check out that band, right? And uh, Mike Smith was like, no, I'll check them out. I'll check them out. That was pretty much it. Uh, I thought later I should have said to him, hey, you know, I've, uh, I got a friend in Japan and I turned him on to your show. He's a huge fan now. That would have been, been nice to say, but I didn't think of there it. There you so. go. But, and then after that, we went to the show and it was excellent. Uh I downloaded some Olivia Jean after her performance. Never heard of her before, but uh, she has like that kind of uh, surfer rock, punk rock vibe, if you know what I mean. Like those beats, like, you know, those kind of things. And it's all like overdriven guitars and that. It was pretty cool. I, I looked her up. I saw she had very big hair. Yes. Kind of like, of uh, like those, um, what do you call that hairdo? The beehive? Bum. Bomb, beehive kind or, of or yeah bomb, like bomb, uh, b52 the b52 something yeah, yeah 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 like the b52s okay something like that yeah she did have the big hair so it kind of she kind of reminded me of uh meg white who was in the white stripes with jack white so he might have a type that might be his type hmm. don't know but anyways the rack and tours were excellent uh jack white is the kind of performer that just stands out amongst the other musicians he's that he's the kind of guy that he's got his own sound his own feel his own vibe to playing the guitar you know and that's just something that you cannot 
you cannot teach. Like, there are excellent guitarists out there. They're like the best guitarists in the world, virtuosos. But when it comes right down to that feeling and that vibe that guitar pl- those, those kind of guitar players can play, those kind of musicians that can play their instrument, it's just unmatched, you know? Um, you know, Keith Richards is not the greatest guitarist in the world, but he has such incredible feel. And it's that vibe that people tune into, you know? There's only, and there's only a handful of those kind of musicians out there. You know, like I would put B.B. King on that list and Clapton and, um, oh, geez, uh, uh, Mark Knopfler. Uh, even Eddie Van Halen has his own style that's been aped so many times. You know, and there's just, man, it's just unmatched. Like, you just tell, like, there's just, you're looking at the Rack on Tours. There's five of them on there. There's four, like, really good musicians out there uh, up there that really know their instruments well and can play them really well and then jack white just comes out and just he just stand he just stands out amongst them all you know it's really incredible good show though i really enjoyed it fast too like it went by so quick I've, i don't think i've ever had a rock and roll like it was still the standard two hours but it went it flew right by before i knew it they were doing the uh the encore stuff so, good stuff. Hmm. What about you? <laughs> Your nothing. Turn to talk. I got absolutely nothing. I was hoping that we could drag this out, and we did. Well, we got up to 52 minutes. Uh, okay, well, I, I wrote down some fun facts. Okay. This will get us up to, like, 54 minutes. All right. Um, I was thinking about slow-mo from Dread. Yes. The drug and, that uh, makes everything slow. Yeah. It makes every it makes your brain feel like time is passing at one percent of normal speed. Okay. So you know, in the movie, they throw some people off of the balcony, but they they hit them with the slow mo. Right. And they say like, "Oh, it's going to feel like a long way down." Right. And you think like, "Wow," because from the audience POV, we get to see them in slow motion and you know see all the cool shots and wonder what it would feel like and all that. But honestly. If you were experiencing that, your head would still be in the clouds by the time your body hit the ground, right? Because you're, you're perceiving time is passing much slower than it is. You still fall regular speed. So when you hit the ground, your brain is still thinking you're way up in the air. And then you probably just fizzle out. So you may not even realize the impact. You're... Look, slow-mo is a MacGuffin, right? It just does what it does. And what it does is what it shows you in the movie. If you're falling yep. down, it's it, it'll only take a few seconds, but it feels like it's, feels like it's going to take 15 minutes. So I think you experience everything on the way down, but it just stretches it out to 1% I don't think so. Because if you're, if you're going, uh, you know, you're going over the edge, and that's taken a really long time, but your body has already hit the ground. I understand what you're saying logically. So, I understand what you're saying logically. I'm saying that it's an illogical thing because slow-mo is a MacGuffin. It just it does what it does, right? Well, what I'm saying is that it actually makes the experience more humane. So I was thinking <laughs> you know, about it. I was like, when Dread does that, it's like it looks like, oh, he's being so cruel and, and so, uh, you know, so hardcore. But actually you're basically taking away the pain and the fear because you're, you know, the person doesn't have to experience what it's actually like. Mm, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. 
What's uh, what's Molly Hagen and Ju- Judith Hogg about? Okay. Um, well, I was con- I, I these are just little things I noticed, and I was proud of myself. Uh, when I was watching the A Nightmare on Elm Street reboot uh, a, a while ago, I noticed that Judith Hogg was uh, in one scene. She played a doctor. Uh, Judith Hogg is an actress who uh, is most famous for playing April O'Neil in the 1990 uh, Ninja Turtles movie. And, you know, she'll pop up here and there mm. as a working actress. And oh, okay. I was like, oh, that, that's April O'Neil. Good, good to is. know she still has a job. Uh, and then I was continuing on with Better Call Saul. I'm not done with season three yet, but I, I do believe I only have one episode left. Season three is really, really good. A lot of stuff happens. I was waiting for a certain character to show up, and he finally showed up. I was so happy. Um, but uh, I also noticed in one episode there was a judge who I, I as soon as I saw her, I recognized her. I was like, who is that? I know her from somewhere. And it took me about a day or so of thinking about it. I'm proud of myself because I didn't look it up. But then eventually it clicked. It was uh, Molly Hagen, uh, who another one of those working actresses who's in a lot of things. But she was one of the personas inside Herman's head. Oh, yeah, yeah. Herman's uh, like okay, sympathy. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, that's, that's her. Yeah. There she I, is. Yeah, She's I, a judge now. Yeah. I always, every time I see her, I just say Herman's head. I've yep. seen her in a few things. Um, was oh she was the in the, oh you haven't watched the Orville. She was uh, Robert Picardo's wife in the Orville. Robert Picardo's in the Orville. Oh, the spoiler alert! Yes, oh. he's only in a couple episodes. Oh, the Orville does like this cool thing where they get people from legit Star Trek on their show to do little oh, uh, cameos. Do cameos. Now. Yeah, it's it's cool. It's good times. Hmm. You gotta watch Orville, man. Someday, someday. I, I really don't like that guy, though. I'm telling you, I, it's like it's, I know, I know. It's it's like different. You know, and that, it's done well. But I've, everything I've seen that um, Seth, he's McFarlane. one of those Seths, Seth McFarlane. Uh, I just don't like his sense of humor uh, in in all the other stuff that he's done. But yeah, I I hear such good things that he's he's like a different person in this show. You reminded me of something I just watched Seth MacFarlane in, because um, I have been watching something else other than Columbo, or watched something else. Oh, damn, what the hell's the name of it? Uh, loudest guy in the room? Only guy in the room? Something guy in the room? Anyways, it was this miniseries. I like these miniseries that are based on like real things. I don't know why. Like I like the, uh, the OJ one. I like the Menendez brother one. And this one was all about... Uh, Frig, what the hell's his name from Fox News? Oh, I just watched this thing. Damn it. Robert Picardo. No, no, no. Oh, I almost had it. <laughs> Roger Ailes, thank you. It was it was raw, and then you were like Robert Picardo. <laughs> no. No, Roger Ailes. It was it's a fantastic series. It has uh Russell Crowe plays uh Roger Ailes. And uh just it starts from the beginning, like when he started Fox News and all that, and how just kind of more and more uh, corrupt they got uh, as uh, time went on. Just like with the whole um, weapons of mass destruction, like that was uh, Roger Ailes' uh, way of describing like these things. You know, like he would like mm-hmm. put this stuff out there, and then that would become the mantra uh, for the Republican Party. Um, and, and just how it got worse and worse to the point where it was like 
he I guess he really pushed Donald Trump at the beginning to start running for for president. Um, but it's a fantastic series. But he's in that, and Seth MacFarlane's in that as his uh, number one, his number one guy for a long, long time. And then eventually, ro- him and Roger Ailes have a falling out, and uh, he he's let go. And then you you kind of can tell that because uh, a lot of this is based on a book that was written by a guy in 2015, and you can tell that a lot of the um, inside information that he got was probably from this guy. And from his secretary. His secretary was a, a notorious note taker. So this is how, um, like, Roger Ailes just made so many enemies in the business. Like, he started getting really paranoid. Plus, he was trying to cover up all the uh, sexual harassment that was happening in the place, including his own, where he was, like, uh, taking advantage of all these women that were working at the place at Fox News, allegedly, according to this uh, show, because I think he he died before any of the stuff went to court. Um, but uh, he, his secretary was like very uh, loyal to him, like would do anything for him. And she would be, she would be pre- present at every meeting that he ever took, unless it was with uh, one of the young ladies uh, at, the, at the place, but any sort of, you know, professional meeting or whatever. And apparently he would say like just outrageous things, uh, outrageous, like ra- racist things, uh, in these meetings, and uh, she would, um, she would be like the first person to kind of laugh it off, like, "Oh, Roger's only joking," <laughs> and then she would start writing down the names of everybody that was in the meeting. So if any of what he said got leaked out to the media, she would have everything written down, uh, every person who was at the meeting written down, and what was said, so that they would mm-hmm. know, like, uh, they would have like at least a list of people who uh, were possibly who possibly have leaked this information to the media. Plus, he had mm. cameras all over the place. It, it, it's crazy. It was a great series. It was fantastic. So I, I can't remember. It was like The Loudest Man in the Room or something like that. I don't know. Just look up Russell Crowe. And it was, it's like the last thing he did. Uh, is Russell Crowe, is he another one that got in trouble over the past so. few years for things misconduct maybe i don't know is he like in with kevin spacey and, no and i don't think he's that bad no 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 i don't think so no no or he just he's just not as he's not the draw he once was maybe not i don't know he i, I think he just took this on because it was a challenging role for him like he had like uh all the makeup on and everything like the to make him fat right because roger ailes was a huge guy so this, this series was so good. I actually started watching like interviews and that because it just came out. It started in in June and it ended in August. And I started watching like interviews with him, uh, and he was on the the Colbert, I think it was. And he was like the only part of my face that was visible was from the forehead, like from the bottom of the forehead to the top of the chin. The rest was all prosthetics that would go like mm. around his face to make his face fatter and he was wearing like because he's a, he's a bigger guy now he's not like the the trim guy from uh la confidential but still he wasn't as big as roger ailes so they had like put uh you know a few a hundred pounds on him or maybe a hundred pounds but uh he was talking about how like this makeup on him like he'd be in the middle of a scene and he'd be talking to the actor you know doing the scenes or whatever and then the actor would kind of like give him like a look like you know touch touch the side of his face or whatever and what would happen is like th- like this it would create so much heat 
uh, like his body would create so much heat because he couldn't, like his skin couldn't breathe or anything that it would just build up with water till eventually mm. like one of the seams would, would break and there'd be like water like shooting out of his face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at pictures of him now. He is covered. Yeah. He looks totally different. Yeah. It, it's, it's great. It's, it's, it was a really great series. I hope it makes it to Netflix so you can watch it. It was a good time. The Loudest Voice. Is that what it was? The Loudest Voice? Uh, yes. So, yeah, part of, part of it was based on, on this book that was written in 2015, but so much has happened from 2015 to present day that there's, like, a ton in there that they, they have added on, and I guess that's why they've made this uh, miniseries from it. But it was great. Very informative. Very interesting. Just, uh, like, if you're a fan of, you know, media and how things have changed and evolved... You know, you understand why Fox News does the way things that they do it and how they're on message and all that stuff. Um, like, they're very unflattering towards Sean Hannity. Like, basically, they took him from... He was like some... Ra- like, he had some radio show in some small uh, part of uh, the southern states. I can't remember where. Um, but he wasn't very good at what he did, but he was just like um, a blank slate, like anything that they gave him, he would do, he would say, right? Like, we want you to push this agenda kind of thing. And he had a look, right? He has that big, uh, like, if you look at Sean Handy, he's got like a big neck in that. I don't know if he look, if he's like that in real life, but on television, he looks like a big football player, a big American football player who knows all the right stuff. You know, like, that's who what Americans look up to is like, you know, a guy like Sean Hannity, a guy you can go and have a beer with. So they would put him up against, and he would have like this, all this Republican agenda and, and mantra and that to spew out into the television. They put him up against uh, Sean uh, Combs, who would have, or not, Alan Combs, sorry, Alan Combs, who would like, he was like really, uh, like he was like a Woody Allen type of nebbish kind of guy, you know, like he had the big glasses and would talk in like that weak voice and um, he wasn't like a, a strong guy, right? So you'd have Hannity like telling it how it is, you know, and, and they would put him against this weaker guy. Um, and it was like even to the point where uh, like they would get into a heated debate or whatever and they would go to commercial break and uh, the makeup people would go in and start fixing up their makeup, right, to take the sweat off or whatever. And uh, Roger Ailes would say like, no makeup for, for Alan Coombs. And they wouldn't, they wouldn't like fix him up. So they're all there. They're fixing up Sean Hannity. So when he comes back from break, he looks all like nice and shiny and ready to go. And Alan Coombs is just like, just a disheveled mess. It was really fascinating. It was good stuff. Hmm. Highly recommend it. Is that um, done by the same people that did the, the OJ Simpson one? Or is no it idea. just that same style? <laughs> just that same style. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Because that OJ Simpson one is on Netflix here. That was good times. I enjoyed it. Mm. This one, like, out of all three of them, this one was the best. Like, it was the better produced. You know, it didn't feel like television. This one felt like little uh, movies kind of thing. It didn't feel... Like, the other ones, they feel like television. You know, you just get that vibe that it's TV. It's well done. It's really good. I enjoyed them. But this one felt... This one was the best out of... If I was going to compare all three, which I don't know if that's fair to do. (laughs) But it was good. It was an excellent series. That's funny okay. too, because when Sarah Sarah recorded them all, and she thought it was uh, about uh, Dick Cheney, she's like, "Do you want to watch that series about Dick Cheney?" I'm like, "All right." So we put on the first episode, and it's like, "This isn't about Dick Cheney at all. This is <laughs> this is a completely different guy, a different fat guy." Yeah, almost there. Dick Cheney does make an appearance in it, though. Hmm. So 
Seth MacFarlane was good in it too. Might he might change your opinion on it? Right. Well, uh, I don't know. Uh, someday I'll check out that Orville. Yeah, it's good times. So that's pretty much it. That's all I've been. Uh, that's I, I watched uh, Columbo this week. Uh, we got to uh, the episode with Spock in it. Uh, mm-hmm. What's his name? Leonard Nimoy. Yeah. And uh, they saved so far. They saved the best episode for Spock. He got this really good. Um, of course, he plays the murder because you can't play the victim. You play the victim, you're off the episode too quick, right? So you got to yeah. make your star of the murder. So he's mm-hmm. there in, right till the end. And uh, he plays this doctor who mixes up. He he in a he wants to advance this research, uh, but the guy who's uh, in head of the uh, head of the project doesn't want to do it. He's like, no, no, no. We need more testing. We need another year of testing. And he's worried. Uh, Leonard Nimoy is now worried that the other team who's working on the same stuff they're going to uh, beat him to the punch kind of thing. And he wants all the glory in that. So the guy who's the lead of the project has uh, some heart problems and needs a heart valve change. So who's the only doctor that can do this operation? Well, of course, it's Leonard Nimoy. So Leonard Nimoy gets in there. He's like, you know what? I can uh, change the stitching in this operation. And if I do that, this guy will, it'll just look like he died of uh, heart failure, right? So that's what he does. And it's up to Columbo to figure it out. But the really interesting episode, thing about this episode is Columbo like never loses his cool, right? He's just always like um, never gets angry or anything like that. He's always apologetic if he if he gets too close or whatever. He's always doing a likable thing or whatever until like he knows he got until he has you right, mm-hmm. and then he'll just factually tell you actually I have you right now. You know I got all the information, but in this one he actually loses it on Leonard Nimoy. He just gets, because Leonard Moy just starts laughing, gets all cocky and everything. And Columbo just like, I actually think you're the murderer. and Just lays it in on him. Like how he did everything without any of the evidence to back it up yet. But he had everything laid out on how he did it. It was good. It was a good episode. Never seen that one. Check it out. If uh, well, Netflix should get that for you. It's good times. Ooh, I wonder if Columbo's on there. I don't think so. It'd be mm. nice though. That would be good. Yeah, I think they they had some Columbo series here where it was just like you buy a DVD and it has two episodes on it, and they just release like a, a hundred of them or whatever. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, so I think if I go to the the rental store, maybe they have a bunch of Columbo DVDs. Well, they have the box set here, but it, it was always way overpriced, like a hundred bucks or whatever. We just lucked yeah. into it. We got it for fifty bucks at Best Buy. They were blowing them out. I was like, I really, and at the time, I really only wanted the two last disc that had the abc stuff that i hadn't hadn't seen yet or only saw once or whatever but now i'm glad i got the whole thing because i'm enjoying yeah. watching them all again it's good times uh, i've recently uh my my kids keep telling me they want to watch the three stooges again so i might be going back into that nice <laughs> starting from the beginning you know i was watching um just some like i watched that uh, car chase wonderland 2 they do a posting once in a while, just be a car chase from some obscure movie in the 70s. It'll be so obscure that you can actually, um, after you watch the car chase on their channel, if you just type in the name of the movie into YouTube when you're done, you'll find a full copy of the entire movie on there. And most likely it's the the same video that they watched and took the, because mm-hmm. it'll have like an MGM watermark in the corner or something like that. And you're like, oh, they just downloaded this movie and cut it up and put it in all the car chases it's so good 
they, like just how they just do all these stunts and everything, you know. And then I'm at work, and they wanted me to put in a part of. Uh, they wanted me to put in the Helen Mirren parts of Fast and the Furious. Who I had, I had no idea she was in that series, but apparently she's in that at least one of the movies, anyways. So I had to put these scenes in, and then I get sucked in and watching the rest of this. I don't know which Fast and the Furious it is. I haven't watched any of them. It, but they're they're on the ice and they're chasing a, a submarine <laughs> on the Arctic ice. <laughs> they're, ch- they're chasing a submarine in sports cars, and then the submarine like goes underneath them. I don't know where they're going. I didn't watch the whole movie, so I have no idea. The really, submarine what's going. just turn around and but go the, a different direction. They're going somewhere. Go really out fast because the they need to get somewhere and then the submarine goes underneath them and then comes up under the ice and knocks all the sports cars all over the place and they just kind of like mm. you know steer around all and it's all just cg and it's really bad and oh man and then at one point the submarine so now it's on the surface and it shoots a torpedo at something i i don't know what and uh Vin Diesel gets his buddy to drive the car, and they they drive up beside the torpedo, <laughs> and Vin Diesel <laughs> picks up the torpedo as it's gliding along the ice and steers it into the direction of the submarine, so it'll hit the submarine, and the submarine blows up. This sounds like a great episode of G.I. Joe. It was awful, like, man. <laughs> I don't know who watches this crap. It's It was just the worst the way ideas that, like you saying it right I, i'm just trying to picture like that was written down on a page somebody had to plan and, this like, out so, somebody wrote that out and said hey we're gonna have the cars driving on ice and they're gonna they're gonna catch torpedoes and yeah. spin them around into the direction and of then the somebody summer. somebody else read that and said okay that's a great idea it. i like i like explosions this will get explosions in front of people's faces mm. It was pretty sad. But uh, it killed a few minutes on this podcast. So there you go. You you just watch. You're going to be in Best Buy someday, and they're going to have the Fast nope. and the Furious bundle there. Not doing it. going to be like $2. No. Nope. Like, ah, might as well. Mm-mm. See some explosions. No. I don't want to do it. No. I don't, like, I don't like CG. I want to see the real stuff. I will spend, instead of that $2, I'm going to put that $2 towards a Burt Reynolds Blu-ray that I want to watch. <laughs> Damn it. Where he's driving a Ford 500 Classic and jumping over lakes and stuff. Like, real stuff. You know? Mm-hmm. That's what I want to see. I want to see practical effects. All right. I think we're done. I got nothing else. Sounds like it. I can't believe I made it this far. Mm. Uh, you want to do the ending? Yeah. The film dango mm. for the end of August. No. August September. is done. <laughs> September. Uh, September, we're doing 70s Bush. We got the taking of Pelham 123, Assault on Precinct 13, and the 7-Ups. That'll be coming up in just a week or two, something like that. Something like that. In October, we've got the Evil Dead trilogy, Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn, Army of Darkness. Already have a guest. Special guest. Already have a guest. Got a guest lined up there. And November, I saw somebody uh, stepped up. We already have a guest. Snowpiercer, Children of Men, and Idiocracy. End of the world, chaos kind of stuff. Let me tell you, 70s Bush is still open. If you're, if you're available in a couple of weeks. Walter yeah, Math, let uh, me tell you, 
Taking a Pelham 123, fantastic movie. Walter Matthau's in it. Come on, if any of that, like, if that perks you up a little, come on, join us. It's going to be good times. We're appealing to the older uh, members of the audience here. <laughs> Even the younger people, you need to see these movies. They're good times. You're missing out. You don't need to watch, what's his name again? Vin Diesel pick up a torpedo and steer it into a submarine. Like, he didn't pick it, it up. He didn't pick it up. Like, he just kind of, like, went on the back and, like, kind of moved it over. You know? Like, hey, you're going this way. I want you to go this way, torpedo. So there's some realism there. <laughs> he should have. It would have been fun, better if he had just talked to the torpedo, <laughs> like, threatened it. Yeah. With his Vin Diesel voice. Uh, and, like, had some sort of uh, mental link with the thing. And he could steer it with his mind. Oh, yeah. Something else. I'd watch that. Uh, go ahead and follow Retro Fandango on Twitter, Retro underscore Fandango. We are the Cartridge Club's longest running pure blood podcast with its original hosts and the only podcast with a. Restart and update now. Stay supported. Pick a time. Restart now. Shut up. Boner. There you go. Stupid Windows 10. <laughs> Um, the GoBots, the GoBots. Everybody should watch that video. That, uh, yeah, that commercial. I definitely remember the jingle from that commercial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I sometimes get it confused with the mighty Orbots. Orbots? Go, mighty Orbots. It was another cartoon. Mm, don't remember from the, uh, Oh, I was going to mention. Go look up I, the I, mighty I, Orbots. I was going to mention, I, I didn't like the cartoon, the GoBots cartoon, even when I was a kid. I, 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 I can't good. say that I ever saw it. Like I know the intro. We got it. Uh, it was like a very short window where we got it, where we could watch it. But I, I didn't, you know. And as a kid, I'd watch any cartoon, but that one was just like, eh, I don't like this one. I don't like it. Still like the toys, mm. but I didn't like the cartoon. Was it one of those one season only cartoons? Might have been, with a bunch of episodes, like maybe forty episodes or something. Yeah, they they get a ton. Yeah, in one season. Oh. Maybe I'll try watching a few minutes of a GoBots episode. The GoBot Challenge and <laughs> Angle 2019. I bet Go you can find them on YouTube. Go oh, probably. Yeah. That's where Duke steals all his footage from. Borrows. Acquires. Yeah. Promotes. Hmm. Yeah. Preserves. <laughs> Preserves. There you go. Preservation. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, forums at cartridgeclub.org and let us know what you think about Judith Hogue, uh, Leonard Moy, Mike Smith, and um, Olivia Jean. Yeah. My brush with stardom. And I, didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't bother him. I left him alone. Uh, that's very respectful of you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, hey. Uh, hope everybody had fun at the Barry Game Exchange. Oh, yeah. Is now- it's now over... If you're listening to this, but it's still to, no. Well, tomorrow the festivities start because we're heading over to Bills tomorrow. Mm. So. I saw that uh, you know members are meeting. Yeah, people are hooking up. Yep. So should be good times. I'm excited for it. Although I uh, my stock for my table has gone down dramatically because it turns out that uh, as you as you probably saw on Twitter that the uh, the Wii that I bought immaculate condition perfect condition the people even like kept 
you know that little styrofoam not styrofoam but like that papery styrofoam thing padding that they put around electronics yeah yeah to keep it from scratching yeah Yeah, they kept that that's in the box still i'm like wow that's impressive but they didn't take the batteries out of the wemo when they were done with it like what is wrong with you why would you put this all away in a box so nice but leave the batteries Mm. in there you never ever ever put anything into storage with batteries in it so i look back and because you on the wii you can look back at the calendar and the last time the thing was used was 2010. So those mm-hmm. things have been sitting there for nine years, and those batteries leaked all into those Wiimotes. They are trash. That destroys it. Yeah, yeah they're trash. I, I can't. The there's no thing. amount of cleaning that's going to bring them back. No. You toss them, and you go to the store, and you look through the 700 other Wiimotes that are sitting there. Hopefully. Hopefully, I can find some some cheap ones to add to the... To the uh, those things have got to be... Uh, universally accepted right doesn't matter sure. what region you get them from i'm pretty sure yeah yeah they're all over the place yeah. cost you a couple of bucks but they're everywhere yeah well it was that and then uh i can't find any uh av connectors for playstation 2 i had a whole really? bunch and <clears> I, I guess <throat> I, I through sales i i've lost my my stock my stock is low so i have about oh. four playstation 2s to sell now without any AV <laughs> cables. Oh, if you need cables, let me know ahead of time because they they got buckets of them. I'm sure I can find them. Like, like I just need to go to the thrift stores and start looking for them. You know. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll give okay. you a little bonus. Well, ha- your have bonus. fun at the BGE. Thanks. I hope you sell everything you want to sell and find everything you want to find. Me too. We're going to get rid of everything and uh, pick up some racing games. Yeah, what what is possibly on your want list now? You can't need that much more stuff. Nah, I don't need any of it. I got way I got more games than I, I'll ever be able to play, but um, I am doing the uh, the reviews right now, the racing game reviews right now, so I got that little mm-hmm. bit of an itch. So I'm just kind of looking out for stuff that I might not have. Like, you know, like I don't have Ridge Racer on the PlayStation 1. So maybe I'll try to see if I can find a copy of that, you know, for five dollars. Mm. I'm not looking at like if it's ten dollars, then forget it. I don't want it. I don't need it that bad. I got tons of other racing games to review if I want to. Beetle Adventure Racing. I have that, that one. one. That's on the N64, right? Yep. Yeah, I do uh, have that. One. Micro Machines. I, the NES. On the NES. No, I don't have that one. I don't think. Mm. No, I don't. Mm-hmm. One of those. Up character Mario Kart knockoff things like with Looney Tunes or Snoopy or something. I love the uh, the Sonic ones. Those are so great. Oh, Sonic Adventure Racing. Yes. I, yeah, you know what? Do I have that on my want list? That is... Uh, those, I've heard so many good things about those. I would definitely review those. Those are that, good Those things. are on Steam, right? Yep. Yep, there's three of them. All three of them are there. All right, that's it. We're done. When, okay. Yeah, lost box to Google. He's he's gone. All right. Goodbye, he's everybody. Steam it up. <laughs> Goodbye. And there you go.